You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 333. Three threes. Three threes, three David. Threes. That's got to be something, right? We should have a celebration. Three threes. <laughs> Look, we got the name of the show already. Three threes. Three threes. So, yeah, it's been kind of a, a, kind of a strange week in tech for me. Yep. Um, But let's start with you, because right before we started recording last week, you did talk about... Leanne's phone needing a new battery. Yep. So you said you had set up an appointment. Did you go? Yeah, she went. Well, she went. I was um, I was talking to you when she was there because um, the work order actually came in while while I was actually recording the show. But interesting enough, when I caught up with her afterwards, uh, she explained to me that they did their very level best to talk her out of having it done. Why would they was, do that? Well, they did they did their testing on it. And they said that um, the battery was not showing as being in need of replacement. Though they did, and and here's the thing, I wasn't there, so I didn't hear exactly what the tech guy said. But the answer is something on the lines of, they they said, oh, it doesn't need replacing. It's got better than 80%. Um, capacity and all this sort of thing. And then after a moment or two, they said, oh, yeah, but I can see it's been charged quite a lot. So maybe the cycle count looked high, but the actual capacity was okay. But when, as soon as she said something, she said, look, but I've had problems where it slows down or it turns off. All right. Well, okay. But, the, you know, they, they said, oh, well, perhaps might, if, if you can live with it, might what you might want to do is wait and not have it done for a few more months because then you'll get the benefit of the new battery for longer, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because obviously that means between now and then you get the benefit of the old battery not performing properly. Um, <laughs> and now, now the cynical part of me is thinking, hmm, they know they're going to get a lot of really angry people coming through the door and um, there's going to be a run on batteries and they don't want to do any marginal ones or maybe they don't want to do ones where the customer doesn't seem that unhappy um, so they can save them for the really angry people. But the whole point is is that um, – People have been told you can come and have the battery done, and they'll do them. And anyway, they did do it. Uh, they did it. Took them overnight um, because she wasn't. They said, "Oh, it'll take a couple of hours." She didn't want to hang around with the kids in the shopping mall all afternoon. So we went back the following day and picked it up, and it was all good. Hmm. So uh, and yeah, now it's uh, surprisingly enough, it doesn't have the performance problems it had before. So it clearly was being affected in some way by this throttling system that Apple's built in. Well, they said they had a press release this week said that the next version of the upgrade to iOS will address that by allowing you to turn off, you know, the phone automatically throttling performance. Yeah. So I still have my iPhone 6 Plus, so I'm going to, when that update comes out, I'm going to try it on that phone and see if it does increase performance. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you could then benchmark one way or the other. Um, it will be interesting to see. I, I'm sure that's an algorithm they're going to be messing with, because I, I still don't think it's working properly the way things are at the moment. Oh, I don't think so either. I tell you, though, I am happy with the iPhone 8 Plus. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. It's uh the performance is is staggeringly faster. Yeah. Um but beyond that, one of the things that I do is scan barcodes. Like if someone's trading in their car, yeah. Uh or thinking about trading in their car, I'll scan the barcode that's on the car which populates uh, the program I'm using with make, model, year, you know, engine. It gives you basically everything you want to know about the car minus mileage, which I have to then get, um, type it in manually because, you know, the barcode doesn't know how many miles are on the car. Yeah. But I, I, so I scan it in, and the way it worked before with my 6 Plus is I would find the barcode, and it's usually somewhere around the door area, but sometimes it's on the dash, and you got to go through glass to get it. And my iPhone, even if it was right there on the door jam, it would take, you know, moving the phone, getting just the right angle, and boom, it would do it. I've noticed with the iPhone 8 Plus, with a much better camera system, I just start aiming it at the barcode and boom, it's done. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it's uncanny. It's like, holy moly, this thing is just, and then going through glass. I don't know if it's because it's using the, the dual lens system to determine depth and that, Oh look, there's glass between the two, but it just, it works so much better. Well, it, it could just be, I mean, they, the difference in performance between the six S and the eight plus, um, is going to be massive in terms of CPU. I mean, it's, it's so like not the going 6S, through that. It was just the six, the six plus from, yeah, the six plus. Yeah. So going from a six to an eight, um, the, the the amount of performance you're getting in the cores there compared to what you had before is kind of like going from a a G5 to an to an Intel i5 in terms of a Mac. It's a massive jump. Yeah. And it could just be that the processing your barcode application does to so actually pick up the camera from pick up the barcode from the background is just massively massively quicker now compared to what it was before. Well, it sure seems faster to me. I'm I couldn't be happier with that. Uh, I like the feel of the phone, but it doesn't feel all that different than what I'm used to at the six plus. I mean, it's physically the same size phone. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I am happy. I didn't get the, the 10 though, because I really do like having the button. Yeah. Yes. It's quite a big change that. And, um, I can see circumstances where you're not doing the type of stuff that Apple expects you to do. Like for instance, using apps and that sort of thing where perhaps the 10 would be a little bit stickier than perhaps the eight, is um how do you notice because obviously you've gone from a physical button to the virtual button now Mm-hmm. i have noticed yeah. a difference um yeah but in everyday use not really yeah uh, the haptic feedback does help but no not really i don't really notice the first couple times i used it i thought it just it feels like a physical button it just feels like yeah. a stiff physical button yeah um and i still haven't figured out how to get my apple pay to work on it because right. with my other one, I would push in twice and hold it, and my wallet would open. There's my credit card. It doesn't work that way on this one. I haven't figured out how to get it working correctly yet. I, yeah. To be honest, I haven't really. I tried it once and it didn't work, and I just then I just use my watch because it's on there. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the only hiccup I've had. But other than that, I'm I'm happy with it. I got a bunch of cases to to test with it, but the one I like so far the best is a red one, a red leather one that I got. It's an Apple branded one. When I got the phone, that's the one that I like the best so far. Oh, the Apple leather case. Yeah, it's it's not bright red. It's more of a burgundy red. Um, it's just really form fitting. It feels good in your hand, 
And all the third-party cases that I got, I got two OtterBox ones that completely cover it with plastic on the front. and I, Those are so bulky. And on a big phone already, you're bulking it up even more. Um, it's not comfortable in the hand. It feels cheapish. It feels mm. cartoonish almost. Uh, so, and I've got, I've actually got two of those, but I don't like touching the glass through plastic. Yeah. It just, it, it's not as accurate. It's, it's not as quick. Um, I, I, I'm not impressed. So uh, my, I should take delivery of my eight plus this week. We've had a couple of hiccups with the finance for, uh, the company phones, but that, that should be coming in this week. So I need to decide what I'm going to do. I, I actually ordered a, um, kind of a film covering you know the sticker type stuff that you can put all over the phone yep so you can virtually keep it as it is but it's got a little bit of scratch protection um but i i'm not sure whether i'm going to use that or not so i've never never dropped the money for a an official leather official apple case before neither have i yeah they're a lot more expensive than well uh, i if there was a case out there that i wanted to take a look at i would just do a review for it at my mac yeah or on amazon and then you know, I've got the case. Yeah. Uh, the one that I remember came up on my timeline, and it was actually the picture for a tech fan like three or four years ago, was when I had the wooden case, remember? And it was kind of a yeah. sticker. Oh, that was a nightmare. I'm so. It, I really like the company, but that is just a crap product. I like the idea yeah. of having, you know, very thin wood and giving. I like the look of it, but ugh. That's, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> That's terrible. So anyways, that's the adventures of our iPhones. Um, and we get to explore again next week when David gets his 8 Plus and we can kind of compare notes. Yep. So got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about, including, of course, we've got our wiki trolling. How'd you like the topic that I... Oh, yeah. That one yeah. was that was a an, an actual just finding something that would never have come up before. So Yeah. Nothing led me to it like we've had in the past. But let's start here. Um, what was probably four episodes ago, Owen was on. Mm-hmm. And he talked about his wife's phone changing the battery. And he didn't, you know, he hadn't been back on the show since then, but he did send in an email uh, in response to a listener asking how that went. So do you want to read that? Sure. Yeah. So he says, I realize I never did post my results. And by that, he's talking about his battery replacement. So he said it was indeed a challenge, but for very different reasons. I could not separate the case at first. I removed the screws and gently pulled, but the case would not come apart. As I pulled a bit harder, you know what's coming, don't you? Mm -hmm. It flew apart, sending a small metal part flying across the room and pulling the button cable out way too quickly. Amazingly enough, I found the small part, the little metal piece that held the cable in place. I also ended up removing the video cables as well, which made things easy to handle. As for the glue strips, they they would not behave. I cut them as directed and pulled gently as directed. They started to slide under the battery and then broke. Each broke in about the same place, leaving the battery well glued in place. The solution to this was to heat the phone using a hairdryer and beanbag, and then using a credit card to slowly lift on the battery. It actually came out fairly easy that way, leaving most of the glue in place for the replacement battery. That was easy to put in. 
Before I put the case back together, I reconnected all the cables and powered up the phone. It booted up just fine and went to the login screen. I entered the four-digit PIN and it worked fine. I tried again using my thumb and the phone opened as expected, so I put it all back together. But not all was good. Seems that when I pulled the cable too hard, I damaged it. While the thumbprint ID works fine, the physical button does not. Makes it a bit difficult to use the software without a home button. I took the phone to the guy who fixed my broken screen the last time. He said he could put a new button in for $29. But Apple will not sell the thumbprint button as a replacement part, so I would get a button but not the thumb scanner. So that is what we put in. After all that, I decided my wife needed a new phone anyway. (laughs) She wanted one just like the 5S in size, so I ended up getting her an SE for Christmas. I'm going to use the 5S as an iPod Touch for music in my car. Just an update on the story I forgot to tell Owen. It's interesting that Apple won't sell a replacement thumb button. I, I think the reason for that is um, they don't want people taking them apart and figuring out how the secure enclave works. Yeah. Or, or perhaps they have to be paired with the secure enclave in I the think, phone. I think when that's what it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's an ID, or like a Mac address, in the physical button that has to be married in manufacturing uh, to the hardware that it's married to. And if they don't match, well, it's not going to work. Yeah. I think the the takeaway I take from Owen's story is that you can read online uh, guides on how to do this, but there's no substitute for experience. Yeah. I'm sure the guys who are taking phones apart left, right, and center can kind of pry one apart without damaging it in their sleep. But if you've never done it before and somebody says, push here and do this, um, Plus, as well, you know, a healthy, healthy effect of manufacturing tolerances and every phone's going to be slightly different. Uh, things don't necessarily work as, as you might expect. And if it hadn't been for that problem with him prying the phone apart, he wouldn't have had no issue at all. That's true. Yeah. And I personally uh, recounted my story of replacing two iPhone batteries, and I didn't have any of those problems. It all went back together just fine. But it's a very delicate process. You cannot go into this with a preconceived notion that this should take me about 20 minutes. Um, and I don't care what video you watch on our sponsors page, uh, OWC, those guys are experts, but if you do follow their video, it will make it easier. Just don't expect it to be as easy as you watch on any video or any, I fix it, uh, thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to take time. And if you're <laughs> not mechanically inclined and Owen is by the way, very mechanically inclined, but if yeah. you're not mechanically inclined, sometimes it is easier just to let an expert do it. I, I think as well, I I, I had um, the battery change in my laptop last week, and I was looking at the equipment that the guys there who did that use. And, and you know, how they, they have vast arrays of tools and screws and magnifying glasses and pads and all sorts of things that are all there to make various different steps of that process just that little bit easier. And, of course, you don't have that. You normally have what the, what the manufacturer of the kit you, you've had has sent you. Um, and it, those are the things that kind of... You know, you, you know, I mean, for instance, from Owen's experience, what I would do if I were ever doing that again is I would put the phone in a Ziploc bag uh, and work on it in there so that if anything popped, it wouldn't go flying off. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's only that is something you're going to learn from experience having it happen to you once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's this, the, the amazing part, honestly, is that he found the little metal part that went flying across the room. I know. That's the I know. one that I wouldn't find for two years, and then it would be stuck to my sock one day. 
<laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> normally what you have to do if you ever. And I, I always do that when I'm working on stuff. I drop those tiny little screws. That uh, like if I'm working on a laptop, I drop the tiny little screws that hold the base on, and it really irritates me if I'm missing one. Yeah. And you, if you want to go looking for those on a piece of carpet or hard floor or something, you literally have to pray to whatever gods you believe in before you go looking for it because it is. <laughs> Very much I lady, have. lady luck or divine inspiration to N- find a small N- screw on a piece of carpet. Nope. I've got a solution to that. Uh, when we did our siding work, when we recited this whole house, I don't know, five, six years ago, I bought because you're using nails all the time and nails go flying and I didn't want a bunch of nails all over the yard. Yeah. I bought, um, it, it's about the size of a broom, but mm-hmm. at the end instead of bristles is a big magnet. Right. So you walk and you you don't touch the ground with it, but you get real close to the ground and you just kind of wave it back and forth and and it's awesome. It picks up every single piece of metal, of course, including the nails. But I've used that in my house to do exactly what you just described. I lost a screw, it hit the carpet, I can't find it. I go out to the shed, get my little, well, it's not a little, my big magnet thing and wave it across the carpet one time and boop, there it is. Yep, every home should have one. Ugh, it's it's an amazing tool that you don't think you need until you need it, and you're like, I'm never getting rid of it. And I think it cost me like seven bucks. I mean, it was dirt cheap. Um, it's blue, and it has on like a, an epoxy paint over the whole thing. Um, but man, that thing works great. I can't tell you how many times that I've had to use it for reasons I never would have thought of before. Yeah, I I'm I'm. Wondering if you can get a handheld version. I don't really want something the size of a broom. You can. Um, you can. There, I, I've yeah. had handheld ones before, but I can't find them. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I was doing a lot of car repair, way, way back in the day, I don't do that crap anymore, I had, um, it looked like a ballpoint, ballpoint pen, but it telescoped out, and it was a magnet on the end. So if you drop yeah, the screw down an engine bay, you can get it. But that's, those, you're going to be waving across your carpet for four hours. No, a tiny little thing on the end, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably not the most efficient way to find it. it yeah. It'll do in a pinch, I guess, but ugh. So anyways, um, thanks for the update, Owen. We really do appreciate it. Uh, buyer beware when you want to replace your own battery. If you're confident, do it. If you're not, it, it might be worth 50 bucks for someone else to do it. And of course, if it's an Apple device... And Apple's covering it for the battery replacement. Take it to Apple. Let them do it. Because if yeah. they mess up your phone, they'll give you a new phone. Yeah. You posted a link here in the show notes, David, to an article, or I should say product review from The Verge about yeah. Dell's latest XPS 13. Yeah. I, I I was aware that the XPS 13, which is the laptops we use at work, and we've been really quite happy with most uh, anybody who remembers the, sh- the show from about three years ago will know that when when my current company kind of changed hands and became a lot smaller, we went through a period where we were deciding what laptops we were going to have. We needed to buy new ones. And there was a push at the time from our chief exec for, Ma- for MacBooks, but um, we decided against that because we need a certain amount of Windows compatibility. Yeah. Um, that we, we, you just, even today, you just can't get with the Mac versions of, um, Microsoft Office and sure. things like that. So I, I basically went out and I found the, um, the best PC equivalent to the MacBook 
uh, and that was the XP, XPS 13, which is it's a 13-inch laptop with a 14-inch screen because it has very thin bezels. It's very well-reviewed. We've had some reliability problems with them, but generally we're pretty happy with them. So uh, th- uh, probably this time next year, those laptops will be three years old. So this year I need to think about changing them out. Um, so I'm I'm always on the lookout for what's going on in business laptops, and I saw at CES that the XPS 13 had been updated. So I started reading reviews, and pretty much all the reviews I'd read so far were pretty positive. They said it was pretty good. Um, and then I came across this one on The Verge, and I, I've got to be honest, I, I don't read The Verge very often anymore, but sometimes when you're looking at reviews, you want to get the, the broadest section of reviews that you can rather than just read the same old sites because you know you want a, a mix of opinions and i was really struck by this one because you read this review <laughs> and effectively the guy really likes it he, he says that you know apart from one minor complaint about the place of the webcam which the, they put the webcam at the bottom of the screen rather than the top because they have these very thin bezels it's always been there it's always been a bit of a bugbear um you kind of get used to it but it's not ideal so he he dings it for that um but apart from that everything else he thinks is brilliant with this update hmm. and despite that he gives it a lower score i th- this is my problem with this review yeah and I, quite honestly, if you read the review, he thinks it's still a brilliant design. He thinks that the rest of the industry has basically copied it at this point, but it still holds its own. And he would give it a great rating, except he doesn't like where the webcam is located because it gives you a nose-up yeah. view, which totally I get that. that It, it should yeah, be low marked that- for that. But the name of, or the, the title of this review is Dell's latest XPS 13 is fast, nimble, and kind of stale. And, yeah. then, and a, then he says, Dell's tiny laptop has had a good run, but it's time for something new. But the and review doesn't reflect the whole any review of that. Saying, apart from the webcam, it's pretty much perfect. Yeah. I, <laughs> so who the hell is writing... Uh, uh, someone is writing a, a different clickbait title than what the... There's no way that the writer wrote this. This uh, Dan Seifert. He didn't write that yeah. title because it doesn't reflect at all what the review is. And that's what yeah. t- kind of ticks me off. That's the kind of clickbait BS I hate. Because yeah. his review is nothing like, well, unless you just take off the and kind of stale part, then it'd be fine. Yeah. And he, I mean, he does, he does use, towards the end of the article, he basically says, um, it's frustrating that Dell's has stuck with this clearly clear inferior design, talking about the webcam. Right. Fair enough. And then he goes, there is so much to like about the XPS 13. If they'd done nothing but move the webcam, I'd ignore the stale feeling design and dense weight and proclaim that this is the best Windows computer to buy. What is dense weight? You're talking about a fully fledged thin laptop that is extremely fast, extremely nimble, has a great screen, great keyboard. Long battery life. Long battery life. And he says that the design itself is was so revolutionary not even three years ago. I don't get it. I yeah. This is somebody who is looking to say something negative about a product that clearly is a good product. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, and that, the problem with so I and the summary here, good stuff, bad stuff. Mm-hmm. The bad stuff, thicker and heavier than similar laptops. Well yeah, I mean that that 
doesn't mean anything. You've got to compare two side by side and say, do they perform as well? Are they built as well? Right. To really come up with that. The world's worst webcam placement. Okay. I can accept that. But then the third point is it's time for a design refresh. Yeah. Who the hell is this guy to say it's time for a design refresh? (laughs) Right. So they'll go and change things for for, uh, change's sake, and then they'll probably make things worse. I I wouldn't want to see this. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see this guy review a MacBook. Yeah. Exactly. Because this oh my god, it's the same thing we've had for twelve years. Yeah. If it's if Ugh. it works, if it's great, then if, and and he basically in his review says it does. Then why the hell ding it for being? Well, it's not not the new hotness, right? I I I I don't get it. I really really don't understand this. Let's, and what value are you giving to your your readers right. to say this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, he's basically saying. Every time you go out and buy a new laptop, you should buy something absolutely new, cutting edge. Yeah, it probably it might not work for you, but you know what? It'll be it'll be it, new. It look cool and it's new. Yeah, yeah it's it was it was a bad review up to that point. Um, yeah. I like your next one, but I I think you and I might have a little bit of a different take on it, and it's uh, okay. from the BBC YouTuber Ellie Darby's Hotel Blag. What the hell's a blag? A blag is basically means you, you you're trying to um, con somebody. Well, but see, I, okay, uh, yeah. turns into a huge row. So row, a huge row. row. So uh, this so, is this is British, yeah. Yeah. So this is where. Okay, so this girl has ninety thousand subscribers on YouTube. So whether you like YouTube, whether you like social media, ninety thousand users or uh, subscribers in YouTube land is pretty freaking big. Yeah. It's, is it, does it make her in the top 1%? No, but she's got a lot of people that follow her shows. If you had a show on the BBC that gets 90,000 viewers a week, that would be a pretty good show. Yeah. So she's going to go to this hotel. She emails them and says, Hey, if you give, if you cop my room, I'll do a video at the hotel for my 90,000 subscribers. It's really good, free, not free, but pretty, you know, it's great advertising for you guys. So that was her pitch, right? Yep. How is that any different than us going to uh, a convention and saying, hey, uh, if you give me your uh, one of your cases, we'll do a video in your booth. Yeah, maybe that is a little different because we do product yeah. reviews. Uh, yeah, this, this is this is exactly my point about this because the, there's a bit more context to this. There's a bit more subtlety to this, okay? Because if you actually look at this girl's um, followers on Instagram and you look at what she does on YouTube, yeah, it's you know she's one of those Kim Kardashian style beauty bloggers, uh-huh. and I don't I don't have a problem with that. No, but the problem is is the stuff that she talks about, which is clearly promotional stuff. Yeah. For a start, it's not flagged as promotional and it's all incessantly positive. She never reviews anything and goes, you know what? This face can see whatever is crap. Don't use it. But it's she's all, not this saying... is great. This is great. You've got to try this. This is great. This is not review. This well, is, but she doesn't say it's a review. No, well, she, 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 she and she's the... not trying to make herself sound like a journalist. She clearly says, She's a social media personality. Yeah, I, I'm, I have a real problem with this brand placement stuff. Well, yeah. but I get it if we're doing, uh, you know, 
if we're doing tech fan and we have a sponsor OWC, we clearly say this is sponsored content, right? Yeah, she doesn't. No, but she also doesn't pretend that she's got a show like ours. It's just no. her face talking about, oh my God, this is so cool. Look at this. Yeah, but the, the implication of, of what she does is that she endorses the stuff she promotes. And the reason she endorses it is purely because she gets it for free, not because she thinks it's good. But they've, how was that any different than product placement on a TV show? Well, I think the different with difference with product placement is that actually the the relationship is the TV show does not go out and court people and say I want this and I'll promote it for you. Uh, sure, they do. No, they don't. They, they want they, money they, in exchange. Well, yeah, they want money. But the point is that when when stuff has been paid for, it, it's it's initiated by the people who want the marketing. Yeah, it's no. not. That, that, that's the reason for the word blag in this is the difference is, is if, if, if your, your car dealership wants an ad on TV, yeah, they, they ring up the TV company, they get the ad made and then they pay for it to be, for it to be placed. Yeah. But if somebody, look, how would you feel in your company? If somebody came up to you who said, all right, I've got all these view, viewers on YouTube yeah, so I want to um, drive one of your cars for two weeks, and I'll I'll video from the car. Yeah, See, it, I don't... The, the problem is 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 the relationship is wrong. The other part of it is that if you go looking for media advertising, you choose your market you're going to advertise to. So your your contention there is, if I have a pro, if I have a show, I shouldn't go looking for advertisers for my show because the they didn't more, come to me first. It's a more nuanced relationship than just I disagree. people and asking for free stuff. I disagree because she's offering them a service. She's not She's not asking for something for free for nothing in exchange. She's she giving is, them something as well. She's giving well, them exposure. The, the, the difficulty here is that for a start, she's doing it. She's basically saying, I have a lot of people who watch my stuff. Therefore, if I advertise your hotel on my YouTube channel, it will bring you business. She's got no basis for saying that, right? She doesn't have the demographic of what her, what her YouTube channel's like to know whether she, she basically, she wants to go there and have a weekend for free with her boyfriend. Yeah. She's not saying, Oh, I've picked this hotel because I think it will be a good fit for, for my viewers. She's going there because that's where she wants to go. And in exchange, she'll give them promotion. Yeah, but that's but the point is, is that is is yes. If she's not, if she's not done any sort of media analysis of her viewers, no. how does she know? Because she knows her. Because, how does she know the proposition she's offering is going to serve any value to the hotel? It could be that her user base has no interest in going to a place like that. But no so what? So they're not going to get you, any benefit. You, so anybody that advertises on a big sporting event, every single viewer is going to want that product? Uh, well, I would suggest that, that people who advertise on a big sporting event, yes, do some work up front and say, you know what, I think the demographics for this sporting event are likely to benefit um, our, the market we're trying to address. So the you people that see, watch her channel never go to hotels. for diapers on the Super Bowl. Sure you do. No. No, you don't. Not the, not the same way. No. Yeah, but, right. Forget Super Bowl's a bad example. So, you don't see adverts for diapers on Monday Night Football because the diaper companies know that the sort of people who watch Monday Night Football are unlikely to go out and buy diapers. So the people who are watching her channel never go to hotels. 
Well, the, the point is, is that she doesn't know whether they go to hotels. And if she does, she doesn't know whether they go to the type of hotel that she's offered this guy the free promotion for. Well, she's I, offering I would something suggest, that she claims is I, valuable, I, but and I, she doesn't I know whether it's yes. valuable to him or not. I, I would say, yes, she does, because the people that watch her channel are very much like her. And if she wants to go to this hotel, there's a good possibility that the people that watch her show that she's an influencer of will then become interested in that hotel. I think I, you're 100% wrong. I think she I, actually I, does know her audience the same way we know our audience. We know that our audience is predominantly Apple users. We know that they use technology, hence the name of the show. We know that when we talk about a product from our sponsor, there's a good chance there's a good number of our listeners that's going to be interested in that product. And we also know that she knows her audience. She has a dialogue with them. They watch her. She's very much of an influencer of her audience. Yeah. They but choose the to watch is, her because they agree with yeah. a lot of her worldly views and the things she's interested okay. in. So but if she wants to go to this hotel, they probably would be interested simply because she digs it. She's going to go right. there and say, I like this hotel. And they're going to go, oh, my God, I want to go to that hotel. Never, the problem with that, Tim, is she has never been there before. Right. So she can turn up the hotel. And even if it's the worst hotel experience ever, because she got that room for free, she's going to give it positive promotion. Which, again, is good for the does. hotel. That's good for oh, them. It's good for the hotel, but it's right. not fair to her viewers. Well, we're not talking about her viewers, David. We're oh. talking about her offer for this hotel to give them free promotion in it, exchange it, for a free room. It, it, one. I'm sorry. It's one step away from payola. I agree with like that. that. That's not and the, that's. That's not that's not right, and the problem is. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what this article is. No, this article is him saying, "No, I'm not giving you a hotel." And he blasts her on Facebook. Well, here's the here's the other part of this. This guy is not just some hotel number she a hotel guy she picked up out the air. This guy is known for using social media, yeah, to to have to push back in often in a particularly. kind of sarcastic way to people who get under his skin yeah this guy is not he's not just some hotel owner he's known to use social media himself in a way that can be controversial right and so not that this the second crime here is first of all not only did she ask in a payola way for a free hotel room but secondly despite the fact that she's a social media influencer who supposedly knows social media and what's going on she walks straight to the trap of getting kind of getting the put down from a guy who is well known to to be to use social media in that way and he he's basically he's one of these guys who, who he courts controversy on social media so he's and the he dick uses in the it situation. to promote his own brands so he's the yeah. asshole in this situation well the both of them are to be honest i i both agree with i i think he's more of an asshole no i, I she, i'm sorry she presented I, him with I don't a, think i don't think it's very easy yes or no business proposition and if he's such a a a social media guy himself he should have recognized what she was offering him and if he didn't want her demographic of customers coming to his hotel he could have said no thanks we're good we already are very strong in social media and she would have moved on he didn't do that so obviously he knows what social media is he takes advantage of it because he's an ass and here you go. He attacks I, her for what? I'm, for I'm for a business I, I just, proposition. I, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but I have a fundamental problem with people who live their lives 
by filming themselves on YouTube and then basically asking the rest of the universe because they're going to promote that on has to, watch to give it, them David. stuff for free. Well, nobody has to watch it. You, it, by your logic, you can have a fundamental problem with advertising during a television show, which clearly pays for the television show. I don't have a problem. I'm sorry, that's completely different. It isn't. People watch her for entertainment. Nobody is forcing anybody to subscribe to her channel and watch her and be enjoyed by whatever she's doing, as insipid as that may seem to you and I. Nobody listens. We're we're not forcing anybody to listen to this episode, right? They do it on their own free will. We provide something for free. and they our, listen. I'm sorry if our listeners felt that we were get we were going out asking for free stuff, yeah, free computers, free phones, free whatever, on the basis that we would get, always give it a positive review to our listeners, however many that listeners are. I think if our listeners knew that, they would not be a lot of them would not be happy about it. Probably, way, you're absolutely I'm not right. happy about this, right? But you were never her viewer to begin with. That kind of proves my point. If we did that and our listeners didn't like it, they would stop listening. But the, the, we the would have is, consequences. If it Obviously, been her route, listeners been- or viewers don't have a problem with it. It's a viable business. She makes money doing this. And she made a, a, a very legitimate business offer to this hotel. I, I still sorry, don't, I don't see the problem. I don't think it's legitimate. To basically say, give me free stuff, and I'll always give it a positive review to my 90,000 listeners. But she didn't say a review. I don't think that is a legitimate business. She never said this would be a a, review. You say it's a legitimate business. It's not. That is a a fake business. But she did not say this would be a review. She didn't say that she was going to review the hotel. She never said that. She said she'd give it positive placement. Right. Even if the hotel might be the worst hotel Placement, David. Placement means advertising. Do you ever see negative advertising? No, of course not. Don't be ridiculous. I'm sorry. I I disagree. I still don't see where the problem is. The problem is she always promotes stuff she gets for free like it's the best thing ever. That is not a business. Yeah. It's not a business you're in. It's not a business business I'm in. It's not a business that anybody should be in. Why? It's not a business. That's what advertising is. That's, I'm sorry, that's completely different. When it comes to advertising, the difference with advertising is nine times out of ten, people know they are being advertised to. And you they understand her, what the ad is, yeah. and they can they can therefore evaluate. When you watch so an ad your on problem TV, is they, nobody, nobody comes on and says, oh, here's my product. It's not really very good, but we hope you'll buy it. Right. Obviously, they, they, they make it out to be the best thing ever. Right. But you know it's an ad, so therefore you – you mentally you approach it with a, a so your contention critical is then, her, your contention yeah. then is her viewers are too stupid to know better they're just well, dumb I'm sorry, people that it doesn't watch matter it. whether they're too stupid or not the point is if they are too stupid it is wrong to exploit them by saying all right well i'm i'm going to assume you know what i'm doing here is 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 paid placement effectively but i'm not going to say that it's paid placement because then you might figure it out i'm just going to go on oh i went and did this oh i went and well, did that. i'm going to oh, i bought this I, computer you know oh, what? I'm, pl- I'm using this you, computer you turn me isn't around it David. isn't it awful you you turn me around i'm no longer watching any television that has a, a product placement in it because i don't know for a fact if it was a paid placement or not and if that character is drinking a coca-cola 
Do they really like Coca-Cola? Oh, come I on, think, I think You know, you know, think you know full well that when you when you see stuff in TV mm-hmm. and it's a placement, again, you know it's a placement. Right. It's only an implicit endorsement. It's saying, we think this character would use this product. Right. Or we've been paid to have this character have this, this product appear. But you know what the deal is. You know when you see a product okay. in a in a movie or a TV show. How is that any different than what she's doing? Be put in there. How is that any different than what she's doing? She's because a social she's media. Not influence. telling anybody she's doing it. She's not telling anybody. How and do you she's know going she's not out soliciting anybody? stuff she wants for free, yeah. so that she can give it a positive thing and she gets the free thing out of it. Right. Yeah? So she goes she's there not- and she gives them advertising to show her viewers that she's well, there. I'm- I'm sorry if she look, um, if, as far as I'm concerned I still don't see a problem. On YouTube want to do beauty tips whatever they want to do yep. that's absolutely fine but if they endorse a product they should make it clear to their listeners whether they actually use the product and thinks it's any any, any good or if if it is a, a paid placement then make it clear it's a paid placement when we talk about OWC here we make it clear to our our advertisers that they paid for that promotion we don't try and make out i mean yes we do talk about the fact that we use owc products ourselves but that's only because we actually have at no point have you and i ever said well i think this is a great thing owc has done and 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 i've used it and it's great when we have it haven't actually used it and the same to- same token at no point have we ever approached owc and said please can you give us a free one of these and we guarantee to mention it on the show and make sure that it gets a positive placement yeah, because we wouldn't do that because we know we'd have to use it and find out whether it's a good product before we before we promote it to our listeners. Yes, that's our integrity and our that's our, our integrity. Our, right. This is my point: is a lot of people who run this stuff on YouTube, yeah, these call them millennials, call them whatever you want. They don't have that level of integrity. To them, it's just all about well, here's stuff I can get, and look, I've got ninety thousand listeners. Who cares whether they might be interested in this thing? You give it to me for free, and I'll make sure those ninety thousand people think it's fantastic. I th- I'm sorry, I think that's fundamentally wrong. And I'm glad she got called out for it, because if she hadn't got called out for it, nobody who watches this girl's channel would know that effectively she positively promotes stuff for free. I don't know. I still don't see the problem. You know, I, you know she, she went to them with a very simple business proposition, and he attacked her in social media. In this case, he's the asshole. Well, he also as well, he, he you know, as I said, he, he went... And, and really had a go at her. And she's complaining about the tidal wave of hate she's got and all that. Well, that's the internet, you know. Don't, well, yeah, welcome don't, to the internet. Yeah, welcome to the internet. <laughs> I'm sorry, don't complain about the negative sides of the internet when you're using the positive sides of it to give, to give yourself a nice free life, speaking, free clothes, speaking, and free yeah. makeup and all the other stuff. Speaking of the negative side of the internet, your next story was don't consume Tide Pods. So Tide, Jesus for those who don't know, Tide Pods... Tide pods, that's not easy to say, are <laughs> liquid detergent in a little plastic. I use the same things for my dishwasher. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a little plastic pouch yeah. that dissolves when it gets water on it and lets the detergent out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is, this is one of the most. We, we use them here. I've got some here in, in the house as yeah. well. Leanne really likes them. They, they're a lot oh, less mess than yeah, using oh, liquid awesome. or. Yeah, and you know well, how much well, you got left. I, I can do two more loads of 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not only that as well, they're, they're, they don't gunk up your stuff like um, washing right. powder or uh, washing liquid does in the trays and drawers yeah, or whatever. Great products. Great yeah. idea. And Tide did the, did the same thing. They took the same concept for laundry detergent, which I think is a brilliant idea. What yeah. a great idea. Perfect. The problem with these is that um, – and, and in fact, actually – advertising them here in the uk they have been um they have agreed in the last year or so to start putting product warnings on them saying keep them away from children the problem is they look kind of enticing they're brightly colored they're kind of squidgy so they have a, a very kind of tactile feel that people like and and people are concerned and apparently it has happened the kids will pick them up and say oh look a big jelly sweet uh, and we'll eat them big jelly candy and we'll eat them and then get poisoned by the yep. stuff yeah. Yep. So um, that started as people started joking about that on the internet, and then YouTube YouTubers came along, and before you know it, we now have a craze, the uh, Tide Pod craze, which is people videoing themselves on YouTube biting into these things. Well, yeah, I, I don't think we even have to go any farther than that. I mean, I don't think we have one listener, not one. I'm going to go on a limb here. <laughs> we, we don't have one listener who thinks this is a good idea on any level or that any sane person would do this. But here's the problem. And this goes back to my previous point, Tim. Yeah, there is there is a large group of people on YouTube who will do anything and will justify anything to get clicks. Sure. For their videos. Yeah. Well, yeah? Ver- and we that just talked about that with Verge. Stupid or dangerous or idiotic yeah. or distasteful right. or a wrong on right. any level. Yeah. All right. We can disagree about the things. I think the last one we were talking about was wrong. You don't. But the point is here again is a group of people who go, Oh, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all about, it's all about the engagement. It's all about the clicks. But Look, here's the thing. David, viewers is you can this, watch me bite this tide right. pod. Here's the thing. Yeah. Is this anything new? It's not. And I'm not even talking about, is this something new on the internet? Remember the tight walk ropers over the World Trade Center back in the 30s? Remember Evil Knievel? I mean, there's always going to be a, a subgroup of people who are going to do incredibly dangerous or stupid things to get people to watch them do those incredibly stupid. David Blaine on TV, putting himself in a box and almost killing himself to get people to watch him. This is nothing new at all. Nothing. We just have a bigger audience now and we have more people willing to do stupid stuff because they will get more views. You actually had to do something unique back in the day. You don't have to anymore. The problem, uh, the problem is, is that all those stunts you mentioned yep. are, are not stunts that the average person in the street can just go and decide to do. Yeah, there was always a level. However, it was projected and sold and marketed, whatever. There was always a, there was always a level of sensibility in, associated with those things. Somebody going doing a tightrope walk between uh, the World Trade Center's towers, for instance, was a guy who knew how to tightrope walk. Nowadays, somebody will string up a cable between two buildings. And say, well, I've never done this before, but you know, so watch me do it live and let's see how it goes. Yeah, and these these the problem is they're so caught up in the you know, well, night they're, they're so high on the hundreds of thousands of people who are watching them, and then the money and the free stuff that comes with that, that they never stop to think, is this the right thing to do? I, yeah? I'm, I'm... We had that big thing a few weeks ago where the guy went into a forest in Japan yep. where people are known to kill themselves, and he shot 
a, a video of a, of somebody who'd killed themselves, and now he's all, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't think about right. it. I shouldn't have posted it." When he sat down, he he filmed it, he edited it, he posted it, and then when the internet goes goes crazy and go, "What? What? Are you? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, I should have thought about it. Oh, I need another chance." All I am is desperate to keep my clicks. Yeah. yeah? And the first time that somebody watches a YouTube video of somebody biting or chewing down and swallowing a Tide Pod, and then a kid does it, it'll be the same. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, I I should have thought about it. Oh, I'm ashamed of myself. Oh, I let myself down. Oh, I let my viewers down. They're always sorry when they get kicked in the face for it. Yeah. yeah? But nobody on YouTube stops to think about it beforehand. And I'm really kind of tired of it. Well... I, I hate to break this to you, David. I, I, I don't know if you've ever realized this before, but there's a lot of stupid freaking people in the world. <laughs> well, you know, it, and it, that, that hasn't changed. The only I'm difference sorry. is... We are living in the world of idiocracy. Where no, we're not. It's have, always... Have risen, have no. risen right to the top of no. society and are nah. running the country. It's always, Well, that's a different matter entirely. But it's always been this way. Nothing is unique except our access to the information. We just didn't have access to the information before. There was always somebody doing something stupid. That's this is nothing new. This is this isn't a disturbing trend in stupidity. No, I'm not saying it's, it's a disturbing it's, trend. I'm it's just saying always I'd, been this way. The I'd problem like is to call it out something that should stop. Oh, I hundred percent. But yeah. let's be real. Stupid is as stupid does is a very genius guy named uh, Forrest Gump's mother once said. Uh, I I don't have a problem with people being personally stupid. That's you know I like the Darwin Awards and all that where people bring harm upon themselves and reduce the gene pool accordingly. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. That's people's personal responsibility. But when mm-hmm. they're kind of because they're making money, they're promoting it to people who might be unfortunately impressionable and and might come to harm to themselves. I do have a problem with it. And when it comes to biting into Tide Pods just as a stunt. <laughs> you know, how, how many times... We, we, talked a few, we talked a few weeks ago about the guy who got shot because of the spotting and all of that. It's, it's the same mindset. It's a, I can do something on the internet. Aren't I, aren't I cool? And, you know, consequences... Oh, they don't matter. Yeah? And consequences do matter, especially when you're talking to thousands of people. For the most part, most people are smart. Most people are not dumb. Um... Most people are good yeah. people. They are. Most, most people, people most, are good I'm people. Not, uh, there's a difference between smart and good, right? I, I I will give you that most people are good people. I don't think most people are smart, unfortunately. There's an awful lot of people who aren't. For a, for a variety of reasons, that's a much wider conversation. But I, I think as a society, and certainly anybody who works in any form of media, whether it be social media or whether it be podcasting or whether it's, you know, the mainstream media and everything, should take the responsibility of what they're doing and the fact that they are influencing potentially thousands or hundreds of thousands of people far more seriously than this the guys doing the Tide Pod Challenge do, but also the girl looking for free hotel rooms should do. Yeah. They should appreciate what they're doing does have consequences and weigh it accordingly. I wish people would do that. Unfortunately, it's, uh, yeah, it's not yeah. looking good. Uh, let's uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsor. It's uh, MaxSales.com. Did we get um, anything for free? No, uh, no. Good. No. The last thing I did was buy some lightning cable, which I I put the one in the car. What a yeah. big difference that made! I didn't realize how bad that cable was getting. Um, 
I still haven't replaced all the ones here on the tray that holds the myriad different iPods and Android phones. And I got to rewire the whole thing. It's just, it's not even a difficult job. It's just time consuming. I got to move a bunch of crap out of the way and I just haven't felt like it. Um, but they did just release something called the Thunderblade V4. It's a Thunderbolt two high capacity SSD raid, uh, up to 28. I think Thunderblade is a really cool name, by the way. Um, 2800 milliseconds speeds up to eight terabytes with a three-year warranty man this thing is uh it's kind of cool looking i'll be honest with you have you looked at that yeah i like the light in the front that kind of goes across that looks cool yeah it is it's um it kind of has that kind of brooding it kind of looks powerful it looks powerful with just sitting there i wonder if it's got the ribs as kind of the case i wonder and i get it's it's a blade system but i wonder if those actually help dissipate heat because ssds especially if you're chaining a whole bunch of them together like this um i wonder if that would that's got to generate a lot of heat so i bet that the case isn't just for aesthetics i bet it's for thermal purposes to get the heat away from the device itself yeah so this is um this is definitely high-end gear uh, with a high-end price want... no this yeah, is not something i'm not gonna something you... yeah this is not something you want to put your photos on uh, as a backup from your laptop no that's it would no. be kind of overkill yeah and, and quite honestly unless you're working with 4k video um this, this is probably not for you unless you're one of those guys and let's be honest we have some listeners that they, they don't really do anything professional with their mac but they just want to have the fastest superest blah 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 well, here you go. Yep. One terabyte is $1,200. But boy, you pro- you drag a file over to this thing and it doesn't even show you the copy thing. It's just done before the Mac can even catch up. It's like, yep. well, it's something happened. Okay, we're done. <laughs> See, the difference between this and, and kind of the way we most of us use external drives, most of us put stuff on the external drive, but we don't tend to access it from the external drive. Right. But if you're... If you've got a high quantity of data and you are doing any form of like inline editing or anything, you can't copy it into your machine no. to work on. Not even you the need iMac to work Pro. on it from where it is. Yeah, the yeah. iMac Pro doesn't even have enough storage space internally to work on a, a two-hour 4K video. There's no way. But you can actually work on this thing, and it's going to be just as fast. It, actually, it's going to be faster than if it was on your internal hard drive. I mean, it's just yeah. blazing fast. So if you're a video professional... And I know we have some uh, listeners out there. Eric Dickerson, by the way, he's one. He's a listener. He sent me a, a message on YouTube or on uh, Facebook. Let me pull that up because I'm kind of curious about that now. Um, this is the kind of device that, quite honestly, he's technically his husband. Um, he is, come on, Facebook, get off the thing. Uh, he wrote... Um, Hope you are well. My husband is a professional video editor, and we are excited the new iMac Pro is on its way. He needs to upgrade to edit 4K. And then he says, uh, you know, he's he uses Drobo, but this would have been a really good replacement for a Drobo as well. Actually, it's probably faster than the Drobo. Um, he's preparing. His husband was preparing uh, the Drobo with all the hard drive or with all the cables and everything. Mm-hmm. And I said. Uh, 
you know, let me know how it works. I'm, you know, it looks like a killer machine. Neither you or I have played with that machine yet. No, I wish. I wish. I mean, it. Yeah. It's it's quite honestly though. I I'm happy with this 21 inch iMac. That's what three or four years old now. Yeah, it's oh. every single thing I do, with one exception. When I launch a GarageBand and I hit record, many times. You hear that sound? A hard drive just decided to access itself in the background. Uh-huh. Um, when I hit record, there's a 10-second delay before anything even happens. Yeah. I don't know why. It's running SSD on this, so I I don't get it. I think something like this, though, that problem, I think it has more to do with the Mac OS than the hardware it's running on. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I have a... I'm my I'm currently rocking a early t- 2013 Retina MacBook Pro 15 inch, um, and this is this is great. Uh, this does everything I need it to do. Yep. Um, and and then some. I mean, you know, it's really it's got 16 gig of RAM, so it's uh, got plenty of memory headroom. But uh, really, performance wise, there's nothing else I need. This obviously has an SSD in it. Uh, performance wise, there's nothing more than this I need. But that doesn't mean I don't. I wouldn't love to have uh, an iMac Pro if I could get one. Mm. Uh, you know, if I, if I put it this way, if I won the lottery tomorrow, then I would probably buy that as my desktop computer just because I could. OWC should uh, hire Tina Turner to do Thunderblade. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there a video game called Thunderblade? I don't know. Pretty sure there was a helicopter video game called Thunderblade. Thunderblade. It's such a, an obvious name that you think somebody would have used it at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's a very masculine, mean-sounding Thunderblade. I'm going to do a quick uh, search for Thunderblade because now I got to know. I mean, it's a cool name. There yeah, we go. Thunderblade. Okay, flight based third yeah. person rail shooter. Yeah, but that's Thunder Space Thunder Blade. Space Blade. Yeah, whereas the OWCs is this Thunderblade. Hmm, interesting. So I had a topic. We're going to hold it over to next week because our, okay. our disagreement about, <laughs> <laughs> about poor Ellie Darby. Um, ran over probably by about 20 minutes than I was expecting. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell people what the next subject next week's going to be. Uh, it's 11 video games that resulted in major litigation. I think that's a yep. cool subject to tackle. It is. Uh, I remembered some of these. I certainly didn't know all of them. So I didn't uh, know all, all of them one. either. And I follow yeah. the industry pretty closely. Um, quite honestly, if, if I wasn't doing tech fan, uh, or the MyMac podcast, I'd probably be doing some kind of, uh, well, maybe not. I just, I, I tend to play a video game, but I play that video game for a long time. So I don't think I could do video game reviews very often. I, I know what you'd be doing if you weren't doing this. What? You'd be blagging free hotel rooms and posting it on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Brother wants to stay for free. I'll hook you guys up with a little uh, advertising. You let me stay there for free. Um, Wiki trolling. Yep. I picked instant coffee. I, I want to go back before that, though. And I've often wondered this about a lot of different foods and things. I imagine the conversation went something like this. So you know those beans that I picked that uh, they look kind of good and they smelled kind of good. Oh, sure. I, I Yeah. Did you, did you try them? Well, here's the thing, though. I, I cooked them and they didn't get soft at all. Uh, I, I tried to eat one. It's, it's even when I, I boiled it in water. The stupid bean just didn't really 
get soft. You can't eat these like regular beans. Oh, it sounds terrible. Yeah, they and they taste really bitter. Oh, well, that's too bad because we got a lot of them growing around here. Yeah, but he, here's the thing. When I cooked them, the water turned black. Dude, the water turned black. I hope you didn't, I hope <laughs> so you, you didn't try you it. Threw dude, the, you threw that dude. out, didn't you? Oh, you threw it, the black water away. Well, and, no. Oh, no. No. Well, here's the thing. Here, This is I weird. I drank it you, and it you, tasted really good. You know, when, you know I, I said I had black water, right? You remember that. I just said that. Well, it smelled really good, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. You didn't drink the black water. How many times? Oh, you don't you don't drink anything that's black. This is you sh- this is just like that Tide Pod thing all over again. Yeah, don't drink the black water. What are you, an idiot? Well, here's the thing. I I actually cooked this in the morning because I was you know, it was there. I didn't feel like going out looking for the regular beans. I had these. I boiled them. The beans tasted bitter. I scooped them out of the water that I boiled them in. But man, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the the smell from the water itself was really nice. And I, look, I was really tired. I really didn't want to have to go out and get something. I just had no energy. So I was like, what's the worst that could happen? So I drank some of the black water from these beans that we named coffee. I got, I got to be honest with you, man. At first, I didn't really like the taste, but the effect was amazing. I felt like I was wide awake after drinking this whole bucket of black water. I mean, I, honestly, I didn't sleep for three days. It was, it was, wow. I, so, so what I learned is I'm going to do this every morning, but I'm not going to drink a whole bucket like I did last time. Cause that wasn't a good idea. Like a couple, make two cups and I'm good for hours, dude. It wakes you right up. It fills you with that. You got to try it. Yeah. In fact, I think I know how to make it taste a little bit better. I'm going to go over the cow and squirt some cow juice in here first. <laughs> It'll get rid of a little bit of the bitterness. Yeah. Oh, dear. So that's how I think that the conversation, the first uh, person who yeah. discovered coffee. Sounds perfectly legitimate to me. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, yeah. probably not historically accurate. You know, they probably weren't speaking English. and But still. <laughs> so instant <laughs> coffee is our wiki trolling uh, of the week. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't drink instant coffee. I do use coffee grounds with the filter and it filters through and I get nice coffee. Um, but instant coffee also called soluble, soluble, soluble coffee, soluble, I can't say it. Soluble Soluble. coffee, coffee crystals and coffee powder is a beverage derived from brewed coffee beans, uh, that enables people to quickly prepare hot coffee by adding hot water to the powder or crystals and stirring. I've never found an instant coffee that tasted good to me, David. It always tasted chalky to me. I don't like it. I, um, yeah, I've had a difficult relationship with instant coffee. I, before, really before I discovered, um, well, I guess brewed coffee first and then, and then espresso coffee. Um, the only coffee that I've had is instant coffee and I didn't really like it. Um, the British stuff, it tended to be Nescafe, that sort of thing. Yep. Maxwell House, to me, always it always tastes a little bit metallic, um, and that kind of puts me off. Really, it doesn't have the no matter how much, even though if you put extra powder in, no matter how much you put in, I can never get something that really tastes to me like what I know coffee can now be. Um, I guess the closest is the uh, the Starbucks instant. That does is a reasonable facsimile of of Starbucks brewed coffee when you make it. Um, 
and it's very fine that so you don't get that kind of chalkiness uh but no i'm i've always been a a you know, I always prefer, I drink a lot of coffee now, but I tend to prefer stuff brewed. that's either been brewed or uh, espresso, or I drink a lot of the, of the Nespresso pods, the, you know, kind of pod machines as yeah. well. Which is the kind fun- of a, a, well, but that's liquid, the pods, though, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. I've never opened one up before using it, so I'm I don't know. I'm pretty sure that they're there. liquid that mixes with the water, and that's how, that's why it's so fast. Uh, yeah, it's not, I don't, I'm not sure. There's some, there is something to do with pressure and yeah, right. Uh, it's meant to be similar to a um, an instant to coffee, a, to but an espresso more, machine. yeah, but more like a brewed coffee. Yeah. Um, this is the part in the history that kind of surprised me, to be honest. But it shouldn't. It really shouldn't have. High vacuum freeze dried coffees w- was developed shortly after World War II as an indirect result of wartime research into other areas. The National Research Corporation, NRC, was formed in Massachusetts as a process development company employing high-vacuum technology. It developed high-vacuum process to produce penicillin, blood, pa- blood plasma, stuff like that, for U.S. military use. Uh, as the war ended, NRC looked to adapt its process for peacetime uses. It formed Florida, Cor- uh, Florida Food Corporation to produce concentrated orange juice powder and originally sold it uh, its products to the U.S. Army. The later, or the company later changed its name to Minute Maid. These mm-hmm. days, examples of popular instant coffee brands are Nescafe, which you just mentioned, International Roast, Extra, Folgers, Maxwell House, Robert Timms, and Starbucks. So, once again, wartime leads to stuff that we use in peacetime. And well, it changes yeah. things. It's it's sad that sometimes that's what the impetus is for new technologies. Well, the tran- the, the transportation of um of the logistics of supplying an army. Right. Um, you can't is, send fresh really, coffee. <laughs> no, it, no. But the, the 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 problem is if you, it, you that's how you win a war. It's yep. really not very much to do with weapons or tactics. No, it's or logistics. Else. It's maintaining logistics. Mm-hmm. So the easier it is to move food that doesn't need to be refrigerated or processed in order to be consumed by the soldier uh, is is really is a vital a vital technological advancement that really is what led to the world wars we had this in the previous century because yeah ask the germans uh, that went into russia in the winter time and couldn't get winter boots or coats how they fared how yeah, much exactly. how much logistics was important to them yeah so um it's uh, it's probably it's, it's one of those things you probably never thought about but once you think about it, it kind of makes a lot of sense but um, yeah, instant coffee is uh, apparently seventy-five percent of of the British market is still for instant coffee. It's kind of bizarre to me that you know we we've. I mean, instant coffee has got a hell of a lot better than it used to be. Right um, now, it, a lot of it is freeze dried, which makes it taste a little bit better. Um, and uh, there's various different brands and and types of doing it and everything. And yet, at the same time. Here we are. We're, we're both living in countries that's never that have never had more uh, espresso coffee machines, which make kind of you know viewed as proper coffee. Uh, this is in, you know, like close to you as, as 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 any other time in history. I mean, they're everywhere. Coffee shops. Oh yeah, it's it's the dominant drink of the entire world. I think it's other than water. I mean, yeah. Um, I, and in fact, I I we we had coffee today when we went to pick up my daughter from the station, and 
I did actually think to myself, I, I looked at the at the bill, because it's not cheap. I thought, so I, I dread to think what I spend every year on... On... Um, on water going through coffee. Yeah, on, on, on beans. You know, kind of brewed coffee or, right. or espresso coffee from coffee shops. It's but, but expensive. It is, but you know what? When you have a good cup of coffee, ugh. Yeah. Um, I thought this was interesting, though, the composition. Uh, the caffeine content of instant coffee is generally less than that of brewed coffee. One study comparing the various home-prepared uh, samples came to the results that regular coffee, not decaffeinated, of course, has a median caffeine content of 66 milligrams per cup with a medium cup size of 225 milligrams, okay? Um, in comparison, drip or filter coffee was estimated to have median ca uh, caffeine of 112 milligrams, which is more. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, the problem is they have to take so much out of the coffee to yeah. turn it into dry powder. Yeah. Um, and it's really not the same as regular coffee once you've done that. Um, the, all the, the kind of the, the aromatic stuff that makes, I mean, you know, when I was growing up, there used to be a, a, a high end because, because in the seventies and, and early eighties, you know, all coffee shops, if you saw them were kind of high end, there was a, a high end coffee shop up the street from where I lived and they roasted their own beans. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, I mean, just walking past that place, it was like smelling crack. The smell of roasting coffee beans is like something else. I've always liked the smell of roasting coffee beans and roasting coffee and brewed coffee, but it was only about, oh man, maybe, I'm going to say six or seven years ago that I actually started liking coffee. I never did before. Yeah. I'm, I'm late is, to the party. Yeah. yeah the, the thing is, if you, if you actually make a cup of instant coffee, no matter how good the instant coffee is, it smells nothing like brewed or roasted coffee, because so much of that stuff has been taken out. I don't think we're going to call this episode um, three threes. I think we'll call it um, uh, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, think it fits, I, I think it fits our uh, our discussion earlier better. So we should probably wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. A um, little bit contentious there. I like that. That was fun. Yep, uh, you're wrong. Though. I know you're wrong. Um, <laughs> we, we look forward to uh, hearing from you guys. Look, we talked about a lot of stuff this episode. We'd love to get your feedback. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, we really do value your input. We really do, guys. So please, and I say guys because let's be honest, it's probably mostly men listening to this. Uh, send us feedback. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, if you can give us a review in uh, Apple's podcast or Androids, podcasts, apps, whatever, uh, we'd appreciate it. Hey, if you see a show posted on Twitter or Facebook, do a retweet of it. Do a repost of it. Let your let your listeners know that this is a show worth listening to. It's we, Look, we, Dave and I are real guys. We use technology every single day. We love the topic, and technology is a very broad subject, and we do try to bring a lot of different content and different subjects to this show. Um but we want more listeners. I mean, that's kind of the point of doing a podcast. I love talking to David. Um, we have a great time, both in person and, you know, when we disagree on stuff. Uh, yep. I don't think David and I could really end up disliking each other because of a disagreement. But I do think that it's kind of fun to listen to two people that generally really do like each other. I consider David um, my best friend. And when we disagree, I think it makes for a good show. So let your yeah. friends and, and other people that you know 
know about this show. Let them come in and, and take a listen, and then you guys can argue about what we argued about. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, sure is. And you'll learn about new technology. Your friends will learn about new technologies um, and old technologies because we like the new and old. So the show at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, help us spread the words and uh, and the love. Thanks again to our sponsor, OWC, for sponsoring TechFan. And David, I guess I'll see you next week. Yep. Where you'll be wrong on another subject. <laughs> I'll take Hey, man, were you listening to Tim and David on the TechFan Podcast, man? Yeah, man, I heard about them in the lockup, man. It's on TechFanPodcast.com, man. Oh, yeah, and it's on the Stoplight Network, too, man. That's really far out, man. I didn't even know you were into that stuff, man. Yeah, I'm, like, really a geek, man. I've raised my awareness just from being on their site, man. Well, that's heavy, man. What was the website again? It's techfanpodcast.com, man. And don't forget about the Stoplight Network.